Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we're going to be doing a little bit of a change up. So the end of last episode, we said we were going to be talking about the uh, the Picasso moth. Uh, after starting to do some research, we realized that there is not a lot of information on the Picasso moth, like hardly any. Um, so we decided to change it up. We're keeping it somewhat in the same realm. Uh, we're doing another bug, uh, but we are going to be talking about Queen Alexandra's Birdwing today. And the Queen Alexandra's Birdwing gets its name from when it was discovered. Uh, the the uh, person that discovered it at the time, when they brought findings of it back to England, because it was an English explorer, uh, he decided to name it after the current Queen of England at the time, which was uh, Queen Alexandra of Denmark. So that's where Queen Alexandra's Birdwing, where it gets its name. And Birdwing are a species or like a family of uh, butterflies. So it's Queen Alexandra's birdwing, to be specific. It's a type of butterfly that is a birdwing, and one nickname for it is a birdwing. So the birdwing is found in one small area um, of Papua New Guinea, which is just north of Australia, next to Indonesia. Um, it's actually found in a 40-square-mile radius in Papua New Guinea, uh, so it's a very small area that it actually inhabits. The habitat that it prefers is between the Papandetta Plain and the remote Managalas Plateau in northern Papua New Guinea. Um, but the first specimen that was actually collected was near Biagi on the Mambare River. And then as we get into uh, what the Queen Alexandra's birdwing looks like, uh, like many other insects, almost all insects, there is extreme sexual dimorphism when it comes to uh, how the males and females look compared to each other. So, for example, the females are distinguished by a very brown ring, brown wings with cream spots, so almost very neutral color, uh, blends in very well. They also have a cream-colored body with a red tuft of fur on their thorax, And whereas males are much brighter. So this is usually the case when there's such difference in color. It's males are usually the brighter ones to help attract females or to uh, attract prey or predators to get the predators away from the females. But the males are more colorful, and they are blue and green markings and have a yellow abdomen that is also iridescent. Now, one of the most notable characteristics about these butterflies is that they are actually the largest butterflies in the world. So like we mentioned, it, they do have a sexual dimorphism. So the female is actually larger than the male. Now, the female can reach up to 11 inches in its wingspan, and it often measures at least about 10 inches in length, while the males can get up to about 8 inches which they average around six and a half inches, which is still very, very large for butterflies. 
And then as for general shape of these butterflies, they're pretty typical butterflies uh, as far as looks go. Uh, the females are characterized with much rounder and broader wings, while males are described with having slender, angular, and longer wings. Uh, so though they are smaller in proportion to their body, they have longer wings. Uh, and then males also have gold spots on their hind wings. So on the back of their wings, they have this, these gold spots that are uh, very uh, colorful and attractive. And now jumping into what the butterfly feeds on, uh, it's a pretty typical butterfly. It eats nectars from flowers. But more specifically, these butterflies like flowers with very large petals to land on because they are so large. Uh, and flowers such as these are hibiscus, uh, especially where it's from. And these butterflies, uh, they do fly around all day, uh, but they prefer to go out and quote-unquote hunt, but they prefer to go out and eat uh, in the early mornings before the sun rises and then again at dusk as the sun is setting. And then as for their predators, um, it's pretty typical with butterflies. Uh, one specific predator that it has is the orb-weaving spider of Papua New Guinea. Um, and along with this, it's things like smaller birds, even some, you know, uh, frogs and reptiles and such like that. And then getting into reproduction and mating, there actually is a little bit of courtship that goes on between the males and females of the Queen Alexandra's birdwing. So they are looking for these things called host plants, which is where they will uh, end up copulating on. And males will be searching around patrolling areas for host plants, looking for newly emerged females early in the morning. Uh, and then females will be searching for host plants most of the day. And then as for how the courtship goes, males will hover over females as they're sitting on these host plants, uh, and they will be showering them with their pheromones to induce copulation to get the female to want to mate with them. Uh, recent studies have shown, though, that females will not accept males unless they have flown and swarmed over the forest trees known as quila when they are in bloom. Uh, there's not exactly sure why this is. There's still more research being done into it, uh, but this is an observed thing that they have seen from Queen Alexandra's birdwing in the wild. So after the male and female mate, the females um, are capable of laying up to 240 eggs during their lifetime while they can only carry about 15 to 30 mature eggs at any time. Now, these eggs are large and light yellow in color, and they're flattened at the base to help them uh, lay on whatever they may lay on, such as leaves or trees, um, to help stick. And they also have a bright orange substance that is laid with them, which again helps them stick to the surface so they don't fall down. And we haven't really talked about it with other insects uh, on the podcast so far, but uh, in case somebody is not aware, uh, butterflies especially go through stages in their lives. So when a Queen Alexandra's birdwing is born, it is born as larva. And the larva will eat their own shells upon hatching, uh, and it will help them uh, get nutrients uh, to turn into caterpillars. Uh, and then the caterpillars will eat the leaves of pipevine plant that they were laid on. Uh, after the shells have been eaten, the, they will eat the pipevine plant that they were laid on. And, and it's the pipevine plant is poisonous, uh, so it's interesting that the larvae feed on it. So it is guessed that the butterflies themselves are actually poisonous as well. Like if you were to eat one or if something were to eat it that is not used to that uh, pipevine plant's poison, that the butterfly itself would be poisonous to them as well. And then when it comes time to uh, 
metamorphize and change into a uh, butterfly. So before before that, it'll shed its skin several times during its growth as a caterpillar, and then they begin begin to form a very thick skin for their pupa stage. So this is where they're in their little uh, their little shell, and the caterpillar's body will break down inside the skin inside the the shell and begin to reform into the butterflies that they are meant to be. Uh, the metamorphosis itself can take about a month to complete. Then usually on a more humid morning, the butterflies will emerge and spread their wings for the first time. And then as for their lifespans, uh, the Queen Alexander's bird wing typically has a lifespan of about three months. And as for these butterflies' population, uh, sadly, the Queen Alexander's bird wing is critically endangered. Experts in 1992 counted only 150 of these butterflies over a 10-day period, and then a few years later, they did it again, and the numbers dropped significantly, Um, and they continued to do this until there were only 21 adults that were observed over a period in three months, and this was back in 2008. Now, as for the threats that these butterflies face, um, there are numerous ones. Um, one of the reasons that they also think their population is very small was due to a um, eruption of Mount Lamington uh, back in the 1950s, and it destroyed a very large area of the species former's habitat, um, which is why it's so rare and why it also has such a small range that it lives in today. And we mentioned earlier that the Queen Alexander's birdwing has, has, can have quite a few predators, and they are often caught in spider's webs, which uh, leaves them open to be eaten by the spiders or birds or arboreal mammals. And then its eggs are commonly eaten by ants and other bugs. And then the larvae are usually gulped up by lizards, toads, and birds like the cuckoo. Uh, but sadly, as most creatures go on this podcast uh the greatest threat to the queen alexander's bird wing is humans uh, one of the big reasons is because of trade uh, because of how colorful and uh big the queen alexander bird wing is it is highly valued on uh black markets uh, amongst traders collectors all those sorts of things and then the other big reason that the humans uh hurt the numbers is because of deforestation because we're harvesting so much palm oil uh in the area because there's uh we get a lot of palm oil from papua new guinea uh we're losing those forests and therefore we're hurting the habitat of the queen alexander's bird wing And luckily, there is some conservation for this butterfly. Uh, Before Papua New Guinea gained its independence in 1975, the Australian government uh, passed the Fauna Protection Ordinance, which made the collection of animals like the butterfly illegal. And that wraps up all the the main information that we have on Queen Alexandra's birdwing. So we do have a couple fun facts to share about the the birdwing. One of the first being... Uh, the very first Queen Alexandra's bird wing ever collected was actually shot out of the sky with a gun. Uh, the the naturalist that went looking for it, um, Albert Stewart Meek, uh, the way he wanted to uh, capture these uh, flying butterflies was by loading a gun with special ammunition and shooting them out of the sky. And this one, that the very first one ever collected, is actually still visible today in London's Natural History Museum with all the damage from the, uh, the gunshot still there for you to see. 
And sadly, you know, we do have some information on the butterfly itself, but we don't have a ton. And it's because after it was first discovered for 60 years, not a single attempt was made to actually go and study the species. Um, They were merely collector's items for naturalists like Meek um, until the Australian government uh, came into action in 1968. And then the last fun fact that we have about the birdwing is that this species of butterfly is one of three insects um, that are listed as, you know, being uh, the international trade being illegal on them. And the other two insects are also butterflies themselves. And that wraps up everything we have on the Queen Alexandra's Birdwing. We hope you find it fascinating. Uh, We will try to be better about when we name things for future episodes to make sure that we have enough uh, information so we can... uh, be truthful in what the uh, next episode will be for you guys. Uh, but be sure to tune in next week where we're going to be talking about the North American wild pig. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.